woke up quick at about noon. Man, we made it to a Friday. Welcome into the July 24th edition of the podcast with Damian Barling here on the Be Heard podcast platform. I, of course, am your host, Damian Barling, and I thank you so much for tuning in, downloading, streaming, subscribing, and listening today, this week, this month, this last year plus. I thank you so much for being a part of the show. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you haven't yet rated, reviewed, or subscribed, you could do that uh, right here as we're talking, particularly if you're on Apple Podcasts. Just head over to your Apple Podcast app, uh, check, scroll, scroll, scroll past our episodes, uh, see those five stars you got right there, hit the fifth one. If you got an extra 60 to 90 seconds and you want to leave us a review, that would be fantastic as well. What a rush it's been for the last couple of days for sports fans with the return of NBA basketball, though it is not regular season basketball, it's scrimmage basketball, similar to preseason got a little summer league vibe with the unique court set up and then we had the uh, we had opening day tell me tell me opening day wasn't just perfect yesterday oh it was just so fantastic it couldn't have gone like nothing goes smoothly for baseball i mean think think all the way back to march when the pandemic happened the first league that seemed to have gotten their ducks in a row was major league baseball it wasn't even the end of March. I believe it was like March 27th. We were barely two weeks into this thing before Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association announced, hey, we've got an agreement in place for what happens if we miss games, uh, for what happens if we miss the season. Uh, we've, we've got a full multi-layered plan in place. Hey, good for baseball. One of the strongest unions in all sports. Way to go, guys. And then, you know, of course, no. That doesn't happen at all. They just fall completely flat on their face. And while they, while it was wonderful having baseball back yesterday, while it was wonderful having you know regular season baseball debut yesterday, the fact is, you know, from a pessimistic standpoint, it should have happened, you know, probably a month ago. It should have happened no later than the beginning of July, rather than July twenty third. Uh, but we finally got to it. We finally got baseball, and here we go. We've got a doubleheader on ESPN. We've got two games, and four hours before start time, the starting pitcher in one of the second games is put on the injured list. Four hours before the game. Okay. We'll get to that in a minute. And then you've got Dr. Fauci throwing out probably one of the top five. Dr. Fauci, probably no one knew who he was before I don't know, maybe late January, February. People really probably started paying attention to him in March. And unfortunately, there are people who are still not paying attention to him here in July. Makes his debut out on the mound for his favorite baseball team, the reigning defending World Series champions, and throws out uh, one of the top five worst pitches, worst first pitches of all time. And then the game gets called because of rain, and it's just so perfect. It's so indicative of how things have gone for Major League Baseball over the course of the last few months. It's like, hey, we're here. It's opening day. There's something super to be excited about, something to be super-duper excited about. Uh, let's get at it. Hey, let's get Dr. Fauci out there. You know, he's a, he's a hero in these times. And like, oh, okay, that, that went poorly. But, hey, it's just symbolic. We're happy you're here. Let's play ball. And then we get trounced by the Yankees. And the game ends in six innings. Like, ah, that's that's perfect. 
And the rain was coming down pretty hard there uh, in Washington. The Yankees beat the Nationals 4-1. The game does count. Uh, it was called in the sixth inning uh, due to the rain that we were talking about. Garrett Cole got the win in his Yankees debut. He struck out five, allowing just one hit. He improved to 17-0. and Never lost uh, over his last 23 regular season starts, dating back to May 27th, 2019. That's the most consecutive decisions won since Jake Orietta won 20 straight decisions over a 24-start span from 2015 to 2016. Both he and Max Scherzer were credited uh, with complete games. Garrett Cole is the first pitcher to throw a complete game on opening day since 1988. Again, the game ended in six innings. Uh, Max Scherzer played well. He struck out 10 or more batters in three consecutive Opening day games, that's the longest streak of its kind. Giancarlo Stanton hit the first home run of the 2020 season. That went 459 feet. Uh, so baseball is back, and that's how it begun with the Nationals uh, getting beat up by the New York Yankees. Uh, then we head into uh, the Dodgers game, as we mentioned. Uh, the pitcher I was alluding to, of course, is the one I spent so much time talking about yesterday, and it's Clayton Kershaw. Apparently he had some stiffness in his back. Uh, he's doing a 10-day stint on the injured list, uh, which obviously, in addition to the game he missed last night, will cause him to miss uh, one other start. The Dodgers made the announcement about four hours uh, before before the game started against, against the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Dave Roberts said that Kershaw's back had tightened up on him while he was in the weight room on Tuesday. He received tra- treatment on Wednesday, and was in good shape. He, he, he thought he was in a good place, thought everything was going to you know go according to plan. And then Thursday, yesterday, he just he couldn't get his back uh, loosened up. The interesting thing was in, in listening to Dave Roberts yesterday was, you know, one, there's no timeline set for his return. The plan is is the 10-day IL, but this is a one of those, this is one of those reevaluated in 10-day type deals. And it didn't sound like Dave Roberts was super confident that Clayton Kershaw was be back, would be back in 10 days, or uh, alternative theory could be that uh, Dave Roberts is going to monitor how his Los Angeles Dodgers are doing over the course of the next 10 days, and if they can bring Kershaw along uh, a little bit slower, uh, then they would consider doing that. Um, but, you know, back stiffness is so generic. Um, did he hurt it? Like... And it's kind of disingenuous, like like his like stiff, like because if it's stiff, you're going to be able to get it loosened up. Stiffness is such a it's it's a generic term. Every you know, every morning I'm on the eve of turning forty. Every morning I get out of bed. Like I'd like to pretend, you know, when I heard all of these things about oh, as you get older, you know, people used to ask, how do you feel now that you're 21? Oh, it's a big monumental you know thing when you turn 30. When I turned 30, I felt exactly the same as I did as like I did when I was 20. I was in fantastic shape, felt great, was recovering, doing the whole thing. I don't think I started noticing changes. <laughs> you know, in, in, in life, boys and girls, the body goes through changes. You often hear about the adolescent changes that your body is going through. You don't often hear about the changes that you go through as you get older. And I'd argue I didn't start to feel different, particularly as it pertains to my training, until I got like 36. And then it was like, oh, man. Recovery is harder. Uh, back stiffness 
tends to happen. But I know when I talk about back stiffness, it's not that my back is stiff. It's that my, it's that my back is sore. Uh, whether it's, you know, something is out of alignment or, or whatever the case may be, and nine and a half times out of ten, it's my lower back. But I would never describe the discomfort that I feel as stiffness. And you don't get stiffness by being in a weight room. So something went awry with Clayton Kershaw in the weight room and his back on Tuesday. The question is, what was it? I could tell you this with almost near certainty. It wasn't stiffness. Stiffness you can get stiff it, it, legitimately. If you feel stiffness in your back like you just you can't get that pliability, you can't get that range of motion. I got you. I'll tell you exactly what to do. Go and do don't don't go into your master bathroom because most master bathrooms like in the bedroom they're kind of like they're wide open uh they're they're you know they're they're meant to be like separate rooms like really nice right master bathrooms are meant to be you know bigger and open go into the guest bathroom that you know the shower uh the toilet and in in the door go in there don't turn the don't turn the um the overhead fan on and take a really hot shower if you're dealing with stiffness boom that'll clear up your stiffness right away nice steam bath Boom, good to go. Whatever Clayton Kershaw is dealing with in his back is sure as hell isn't stiffness, which is why Dave Roberts uh, didn't sound uh, particularly optimistic. And, and again, you know, Dave Roberts, I feel like Dave Roberts, when he talks, like Dave Roberts is a genuinely positive guy. Like he has a tone to the way that he talks. Uh, and the way that he was talking about Kershaw, obviously I'm sure he was disappointed. I'm sure he was disappointed that this is something they've got to deal with four hours before their first game of the season in a stretch, by the way, that's only 60 games. And as we outlined yesterday, uh, the, the, the 60 games is sometimes the, you know, the Dodgers, even with seven straight division championships, they need to run up. Uh, of course, that might be a little bit different this year uh, with the baseball playoffs being expanded, which we'll talk about here. In just a heartbeat, the game itself, though, uh, was really good. The second game, the Dodgers and the Giants significantly better than the first one with the Yankees and the Nationals. The Dodgers, it was 1-1, I think, until the seventh. Um, but they scored, they being the Dodgers, scored five runs in the seventh inning, and they got the first win of, I guess you dub it, the Mookie Betts era. Um, Kiki Hernandez went 4-5 with a home run and five RBIs. Betts was just 1-5 in his Dodgers debut, but his first hit came in that five-run seventh inning, and he scored uh, the go-ahead run in that inning. So that was a uh, that was a good stretch for him. Dustin May, who got the nod, uh, rookie pitcher who got the nod after Clayton Kershaw uh, was that late scratch. He became the first rookie pitcher to start opening day since Fernando Valenzuela did it back in 1981. He lasted four and a third, allowing just that one run. Johnny Cueto, he got a no decision in his fifth career opening day start, uh, but played tremendously. Again, it was 1-1 into the seventh. He now has a 0.84 ERA across five career opening day starts. That's the lowest by any pitcher in the live ball era. And now basketball, uh, now baseball is, it's, it's fully underway. Uh, If you're a baseball fan, you're in heaven because we've got baseball every single day uh, f- we've got baseball every single day until this thing is over. Uh, so I'm, you know, baseball fans, I'm sure are elated, uh, fans of the Oakland A's. I'm sure you're happy as well as your season uh, will begin tonight 
your season will begin against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Orange County, Southern California uh, this afternoon, or this evening, actually. It's a 7 o'clock start uh, at the Coliseum in Oakland. So baseball's back. We mentioned the expanded playoffs. Again, it, you know, it's a, it, the, the relationship between Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association is quite fascinating. Uh, they agreed to a plan to expand the playoffs to 16 games for this season. Uh, still needs final approval uh, from the owners, but the plan is uh, that this is this is going to happen. The belief is that this is 100% going to happen. They wouldn't have uh, taken it this far publicly if it wasn't. But remember, this was a sticking point just a couple of weeks ago. Remember, they hadn't outlined the parameters of uh, the expanded playoffs, so when they finally decided... Uh, to get their ducks in a row and say, okay, let's have these testing parameters. Uh, let's have this percentage of the of, of player salary get out there. Okay, let's get back to playing baseball. They ruled out playoff expansion because they couldn't come to some of the agreements. So playoff expansion was gone. Baseball was back. And then on the eve of baseball returning, they went back to the negotiating table and somehow in a very, very, very short time frame, agreed to a playoff expansion. As we mentioned, 16 teams uh, for the upcoming 2020 season, or I guess it's not upcoming anymore. The 2020 season is here. Uh, all second-place teams in the six divisions will qualify for the playoffs. Uh, then the um, seventh and eighth teams uh, will be chosen by best record uh, among the others. So um, if this new format had been in place... If this new format had been in place last season, Cleveland, the Mets, the Diamondbacks, the Red Sox, the Cubs, and the Rangers, all of those teams would have also made the playoffs. Uh, if uh, Major League Baseball playoffs had included eight teams per league over each of the last 10 seasons, 15 teams would have reached the playoffs with a losing record. Nine in the National League and six in the American League. The worst record by any top eight team in the past decade was in 2013 when the Padres and Giants both finished 76 and 87. It's tied for the eighth best record. They were tied for the eighth best record uh, in the National League. Uh, the only time in the past 10 seasons that eight teams in each league finished at or above 500 was in 2012. So this is really a mixed bag of good team. Well, no, it's not. It's a mixed bag of bad teams and not as bad teams. It's like a mixed bag of bad teams and average teams. Like, Perfectly average. Not good, not great. But then the playoffs get here and, you know, who knows what happens. Of course, you can go to basketball. You can go to the NBA when they moved to a 16-team playoff format. That was in 1984. Uh, the 1985-86 season saw the Chicago Bulls finish 22 games under 500. Uh, but they snuck into the preseason. 22 games under 500. They got into the preseason and an eight as an eight seed where they were swept by.
by the eventual champion Boston Celtics, but I believe some of you may be familiar uh, with one of those games involving the Chicago Bulls, who were 22 games in a 500 that season, and the Boston Celtics, in which a Michael Jeffrey Jordan uh, scored 63 points at the Boston Garden. Uh, so this will be, and now with a 60-game season, hey, I, hey, I'm here for it. Why not? More baseball, see what happens. Like, cool. I'm I'm 100 with it. I'm I'm just. So, what does this mean now? Like, you know the trade, <laughs> you know the trade deadline's like a month away. Legitimately, at the, it's the end of August. I think it's I think it's August 31st. That's the that's the Major League Baseball trade deadline. So that gives each team about five weeks to play and decide. Okay, you know what what are we gonna be this season? And and I don't know. Do you play for, like, do you play for an eight seed? Now that it's possible in baseball, but it's only possible for this year, or at least as of right now, it's only possible for this year. If you're a baseball team, and and baseball's weird. Like the baseball trade deadline is always fascinating because there are teams that might have been really good last year, and the first part of the current season didn't start the way that they wanted to. And they're sellers, and they sell everything off. Like we saw guys like Zach Greinke get moved last year at the trade deadline. And I'm just, I, I can't wait to see what that looks like because you're, you're five weeks into the season, and you've got to decide, okay, is this worth finishing? <laughs> you've, got to, you've kind of got to decide right away, what are we going to be? And can you be a team... I think there's absolutely going to be a team in a 60-game season that finishes significantly below 500 and makes the playoffs. But is that like is that good enough? I mean, it'll be fascinating to see how some of these how some of these teams approach uh, the trade deadline, which is again it's five weeks away. Like if you're the Rangers, the Rangers last year they were below 500. Uh, but they would have been in the eight spot. How would they approach the trade deadline? Because the the other thing about the eight seed, like you're the you're you're going against the one seed. You're going against one of the big boys. Last year, one of the big boys was the Astros. You know, this year in basketball, we're we're talking about the eight seed for the Kings and the Grizzlies and 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 the Pelicans and the Blazers and all of that is fine. But you're going against the Los Angeles Lakers. So you know, it, in in baseball again, baseball trade deadlines are always so fascinating to me because teams, uh, they 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 are they just throw up their hands and say we're done, we're moving on, we're moving in a completely different direction. Uh, speaking of the Lakers last night, they were in action against the Dallas Mavericks, and I heard the announcers for the Los Angeles Lakers uh, kind of talk about what we had talked about. Uh, really over the course of the last couple of weeks, but in particular this week, where teams like the Lakers and the Bucks, for that matter, who the Sacramento Kings will take on tomorrow morning uh, at 9.30 a.m. And if you can't wait till Monday to get my thoughts on the Sacramento Kings, no worries. We will have a Sacramento Kings podcast for you, post-game style, immediately following uh, the Bucks and the Kings tomorrow uh, here on the Hoopball Podcast Network. So make sure you go check that out if you're not a follower there, if you're not a subscriber yet. Uh, search Hoopball. Uh, look for the Sacramento Kings. Click on that one. Hit the subscribe button. We will have a show for you immediately following the Bucks and the Kings tomorrow morning. Uh, but the Lakers were in action last night, and, and the announcers were talking about, uh, yeah, you know, there's a, the, the way that the 
you know, the way that the the the, the seeding games are set up, the, the the way that these scrimmage games are set up, and how far ahead the Lakers are, there's a good chance that they could the these these rather than next three games, these next eleven games can essentially act as uh, preseason games. Like, I think we're going to see from teams like the Lakers and teams like the Bucks a lot of what we saw last night, and that was LeBron played 15 minutes. Uh, he didn't play very deep into the third quarter. Uh, similar situation with with Anthony Davis, Danny Green, guys like that. We saw, you know, virtually, you know, every player uh, who played for the Los Angeles Lakers yesterday got like double digit minutes. You know, everybody played like like the whole roster played like fifteen minutes. I think we're going to see a lot of that, and I think you could go even further down. See, here's here's. Here's the fascinating thing. Here's the fascinating question. At least it's a fascinating question to me because it's never been answered. Even if you're Dallas, right? If you're any of the top seven teams, because if you're one of the top seven teams in either conference, you're not really playing for anything. I mean, you look how close the three, four, five, six, you look how close all of those those seedings are, but what do they matter? Like if Denver falls to the sixth seed, like that's extreme. But if they fall to the sixth seed, like okay, so what? Their their path, like if you're the third seed and you fall to the sixth seed, your path to the NBA championship is exactly the same. It doesn't change. There's no reseeding in the NBA. And the three plays the six, so it's nothing. Nothing changes. So, so what? What's the incentive now f- from falling from like a two to a three or a three to a four? Like there, maybe, maybe particularly in the Eastern Conference, I think there's the idea. Well, I guess in the Western Conference too, because if you're in the Western Conference, you want to avoid having to play both the Lakers and the Clippers. If you're in the if you're in the Eastern Conference, you probably want to avoid, you know, playing the Bucks and. I don't know. I think there's a number of different teams that you could insert there. Maybe maybe you want to avoid playing the the Bucks and the Celtics. Maybe you want to avoid playing the Bucks and the Raptors. Uh, but I I think this is something we're gonna we're gonna see a lot is those top seven teams in East con- each conference. They're they're just kind of they're just kind of gonna feel things out for the next two weeks. Or really, I guess you know, close to the next three weeks, because you've got the you know you've 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 still got a little less than than a week left of of preseason or scrimmage action or whatever you want to call it. Um, and we saw the Spurs, and we were again. Our theories have been on point. Greg Popovich did not coach yesterday's game. Uh, Becky Hammond did. Uh, Greg Popovich will not coach the next Spurs game. Uh, Tim Duncan will. Um, I don't know who's going to coach the third and final one, but that falls in line with a lot of things that we thought. You look at Giannis yesterday. Giannis was a beast yesterday. Of course Giannis was a beast. 9 of 13 from the field, 22 points. Dude, he played 21 minutes. That's another thing I think we see from a team like the Bucs. I'll be fascinated. I'll be fascinated to see what we see from Milwaukee tomorrow. Because it's a very early start, even it, you know, even if you, even if you, you know, knock it out as a one, one p.m. start. You know, Milwaukee's used to being in the Eastern Conference, dude. That's still pretty early. 
you've got that combined with the fact you've only played one game in the last four and a half months. I think I think Saturday morning's game is is not going to be as smooth and as fluid as some of the games that we've seen. I didn't think the Kings versus the Miami Heat was. I didn't think it was exceptionally sloppy. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was like, oh, these guys look rusty. I didn't think that at all. I certainly didn't think that watching the Dallas Mavericks or the Los Angeles Lakers last night. It looks like preseason. You know, it doesn't look bad. It looks like preseason. I expect tomorrow's game to look kind of rough because of the start time. And then then I'll be fascinated. Again, Giannis Antetokounmpo last night, 21 minutes. What's Coach Bud going to do with them? You know, coming off of you know, it's they're 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 obviously off today, but it's still in theory, it's it's still a short turnaround, just given the the start time of the game. Short turnaround by six hours, but still, still short, shorter than it might normally be. And those are situations that are going to have to be dealt with throughout the length of of the season. Probably not once you get into the playoffs, but throughout the regular season, which is why I think the approach for you know, coaches like Coach Budenholzer, coaches like Nick Nurse, uh, like Brad Stevens, uh, like Doc Rivers, like Frank Vogel, how they're going to approach this. Even like Mike Malone. Saw Mike Malone fooling around with that big lineup a little bit the other day. Like Mike Malone's not going to do that in, you know, two and a half weeks. Uh, Phoenix beat uh, Utah last night. DeAndre Ayton hit a three. That was fun. Here's an interesting note. Uh, Victor Oladipo played for the Indiana Pacers yesterday. Uh, obviously, for my money, as good as the Pacers have been without Victor Oladipo, their best chance at real postseason success uh, involves Victor Oladipo, and it hasn't really been made clear as to what his approach will be. Like We had originally heard he's not going to play, and then he showed up at the bubble on day one, and it was like, oh, okay, maybe he's just going to be there to support his team. And then it started to, yeah, you know, Victor Oladipo might play in some of these games. They're going to decide, you know, they're, they're, they're going to decide relatively quickly. And they decided to, let's go ahead and give him a run here uh, as a starter. Played 19 minutes last night. Still hasn't committed to actually playing in the restart. Uh, so you talk about the recovery process being an important component for one team. The recovery process for Victor Oladipo today leading into tomorrow is going to be really, really important for whether he's going to, or for, for deciding whether he's going to come back and play or not. But I was really surprised to see him uh, in the starting lineup and he played 15 minutes or excuse me, he played 19 minutes last night. So uh, if Victor Oladipo is out there on the basketball court, that is great, great news for the Indiana Pacers and makes another extremely competitive team there in the Eastern conference. This Eastern conference band is loaded like, who can you write off in the conference right now in the top six? I mean, you can write off Brooklyn in, in fair. Like, that's completely fair. It's not necessarily their fault, but it's fair. Whether it's Orlando or Washington, it's probably going to be Orlando. But even if it's Washington, it doesn't matter. You're done with both of those teams. Like, so you could drop, you could drop the two, you know, you could drop the, the, the two low seeds out of it. You could drop the seven and the eight. But, I mean, we just talked about Milwaukee. You've got Toronto, who is, by the way, despite the fact that Kawhi Leonard is not there, they are the reigning defending NBA champions and they're the two spot in the Eastern Conference. You've got Brad Stevens in the, in the Boston Celtics. 
We've got the Indiana Pacers. If Victor Oladipo can, if, if if Victor Oladipo is healthy, if he's happy with the recovery process, and he's out there on the on, on the court for the Pacers and, and for Nate McMillan, man, come on now. And then you got Philadelphia there uh, as well, and in Miami, who we saw uh, take on the Sacramento Kings a couple of nights ago. Dude, who were you writing off in that group? I, I for me, no one. I, I mean, the closest you can write off are the Pacers, and I think you can only really go, all right, if I have to eliminate one out of that group, it's going to be the Pacers, and I think you can only do it if Victor Oladipo isn't playing. If he is, you've got to have second thoughts about writing them off. They'd probably, if I were to rank those teams, they'd probably be this team I would rank sixth. But, all, I mean, all of those teams are particularly two through five, or two through six. It feels like Milwaukee is head and shoulders above everybody else. <laughs> literally and figuratively uh, making a wise crack about their length there. But that, that, that Eastern conference, man, is just, it's, it's, it's so loaded. And I think once the actual playoffs get here, uh, it's going to be a black, but I think both sides of the, both, both, both conferences are going to be a lot of fun, but I mean, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Weston, oh, DiVincenzo, they are so loaded. Oh, this is going to be fun, man. This is going to be fun. So basketball is back. Any other notes from basketball last night? I don't think so. The Pacers played Portland, by the way. I didn't mention that. Um, I think I, I obviously talked about Milwaukee. They blew out the San Antonio Spurs. And we've got more basketball tonight. We'll see Philadelphia for the first time. They'll take on Memphis. We'll see Boston and Oklahoma City for the first time. We'll see Houston and Toronto. Uh, they'll be going at it tonight. Uh, in other notes, uh, head to thedopeones.com. Check out your new podcast gear. Check out our new podcast gear. We got the More Than a Podcast t-shirt in purple. Again, you can check us out, thedopeones.com. Uh, we've got a new episode here on the Be Heard podcast platform of uh, J Street Vibes. Uh, make sure you check that out as we wrap up here today. Uh, if you don't subscribe yet to all of the Be Heard podcasts, just search Be Heard in your podcast platform. Uh, we've got five different podcasts. Of course, this one, Relive. The Dope Ones Podcast, J Street Vibes, and Deuce and Mo. Make sure you become a, scribe, a subscriber uh, to all of those as we will be adding more podcasts uh, as the weeks move along from some talented individuals that I think you'll be very, very excited to hear from. Effective immediately. The Washington football team will now call itself what so many have been calling it for several years, and that is the Washington football team. Uh, no, that's not their final renaming and rebranding of the team, but it is the first step in the process showing you emphatically that Dan Schneider meant what he said six years ago when he said never put in all, put it in all caps. I'm never changing the team name. He meant it. There was no contingency plan to where if the NFL or in this case, FedEx, Nike, Amazon, Pepsi pushed Dan Schneider to change the Washington name. There was no plan in place whatsoever. They have been caught knee locked and flat footed. And so we are going to call them the Washington football team. And that's what so many have been calling them anyways, not wanting to use that other name. They're still going to use the same colors. The obviously the the logo is removed and it'll just be uh, the player's number 
on their helmet. So this this is what they're this is what they're going to wear this season. This is what they are this season. They are the Washington football team. Uh, they will continue the organization. Will continue the process of getting rid of the former name uh, in its entirety uh, in all of its physical and digital digital spaces in the next fifty days. And they hope to be uh, just the Washington football team by se- September thirteenth. This is really astonishing for a team that has been pushed for almost an entire decade to change their name. That's how, this is how, one, it's how big of an asshole Dan Schneider is. But really, it's how just incompetent this organization is run. There was no plan. This has been going on for a decade, and they had no plan. They had no, okay, 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 okay. Worst case scenario we do this. They had nothing. Nothing. So here we are. For 17 weeks, we are going to refer to these people as the Washington football team. Which, again, is fantastic because so many of us have been calling them that for several years now. Hey, who are you a fan of? Lena Washington had a great tweet. Like I, I applaud Lena Washington for saying she'll be the Washington woman who covers sports or something like that. I, th- I thought it, her, I thought her tweet was was fantastic. But yeah, like just come on, Dan Schneider. Like we know you're bad, but dude, really this bad? It just shows what an egomaniac he is. This this puts an exclamation point on so many things we thought we knew about Dan Schneider. It puts an exclamation point on those things that we thought we knew. Now we can say we definitively know. He was not prepared for this. They did not have a plan B. And now they are going to refer to themselves and they are going to be referred to as for the next 17 weeks or from now until the end of the regular season, I should say, as the Washington football team. A couple of other notes. Mike Zimmer, very quietly signed a contract extension with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, this this deal, you might have had to search for. Like, I did not get an alert that this happened or was happening. But, yeah, Mike Zimmer locked in for uh, another year. His deal pretty much runs concurrently with Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kirk Cousins' deal runs out after the 2022 season. So, for Mike Zimmer... Uh, his deal will uh, run out right after that. His his deal runs out after the 2023 season. However, uh, you know how the, quote, lame duck coach thing works. If things are going well with Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is going to get an extension, assuming he has no beef with Mike Zimmer, and it certainly sounds like he does not. Uh, there's probably another extension in store for Mike Zimmer. If things go south with Kirk Cousins and that 2022 season wind up winds up being his final one in all likelihood it winds up being the final one for Mike Zimmer as well they pay him out that final year and the Minnesota Vikings go in a completely brand new direction uh, but yeah news out of Minnesota there that I just I, I was I was just kind of reading around like whoa this I, I did not get I did not get my Adam Schefter alert on this um, Tyreek Hill was making the rounds on social media that was a hell of a video with him and uh, Terrell Owens doing the uh, doing the forty yard dash. To still, you know that's that's one thing that you just to still looks like a million uh, bucks. 
but Chris Jones, Tyreek Hill's teammate, uh, predicted earlier this week that the Chiefs would win five-plus rings in the coming years. Uh, Tyreek Hill uh, was on first take this week. I'm going to tell you like this. If, if, if these people really wanted to race me, they would personally message me on Twitter, on on Instagram. They wouldn't go. They wouldn't go on Twitter and then talk trash and don't at me. Like, if you're going to talk trash, at least at me, dog. Like, at least at me. <laughs> Who's you they? Know what I'm saying? Let like, them know. Who's yeah. they? Who are the names? Yeah. Mar- Marquise Goldwyn, whoever. Whoever want to race me. Like, we can do whatever. Like, I already proved that. I already proved that I'm better than you at wide r- r- receiver. You know what I'm saying? Why not? Now I got to prove. Now I got to prove Dang. to you that, that look. Now, now I got to prove to you that I'm faster than you, too. That that's really gonna hurt when when I'm faster than you and and I move better than you. That, that's really gonna hurt. But I'll love to you though. But next time, just at me, please. I just need you to at me though. Next time, though. for real though. Who's you know your what I'm saying? Like, we got beef. We got beef. Man. Who's, your, like competition? Who's like your number one contender? Who's when you my survey the contender? landscape, who do you say? So that I want. Dude, I want to. I'll, I'll let you like, hear the end of that. But I, I want to paint the picture for you, for those of you who who didn't see this clip. Tariq is in a car. He's being driven by someone. And you know, have you ever had a conversation where a brother starts like kind of like like tapping like like tapping his nose and he's like talking about someone like someone who's this you know <laughs> you know it means serious business when they start doing that thing where it's like, Oh yeah, I'm about to go I'm about to go and do some more here and they start hitting their nose. Oh yeah, it's 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 about to go down. Like, and Tyreek Hill meant every word he just said. Foot race. Nah, if, if I say that dude, I want to race I wanna race I want to race Henry Ruggs. Nah, nah, nah. Um, not Nicole, because I can race Nicole anytime. I can race Nicole anytime. I'm talking about people like I'm talking about people like okay. different teams, like people that um, people that um, it's um, it's it's um, hard for me to get to. So Henry Ruggs, uh, Christian Coleman, the dude from Tennessee. I want him to. I want. I, I just. I, I just need to make my mark real quick. I need to let them know, like. Yes, I'm Georgia kid. I'm running. Yeah, I do this, man. Stop trying. I can't imagine what it's like to be fast. Like the like Tyreek Hill is freakishly fast. Like watching, always like you know that you can have one athletic skill. Like I want. Like what is it like to be as fast as a dude like Tyreek Hill? I I mean, and 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 I know he's he's talking bragging rights right there, but Marquise Goodwin. Or, you know, go to, you know, an extra level and talk about like Usain Bolt. What is it like to be able to move that quickly and that efficiently? Uh, I saw Usain Bolt win the gold medal at Beijing in 2008. And it was unlike watching sprinters is unlike anything you'll ever see. If you have never watched, like when the track and field championships used to be at Sac State, if you've never seen that up close, I, I cannot encourage you enough to watch sprinters up close. It is just a phenomenal show of art of the human body because it just you can't if you when you can't move like that and I certainly cannot you can't wrap your brain around how someone else can and when you see it in person obviously I mean when you see it on tv it's special But when you see it in person and you see how fast these people are moving I'll always point to this experience where I was walking out of I was just off campus at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville and this runner who was, he looked like he was just out running. He was clearly a part of, he, 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 was, he was dressed in UT athletics, so he was an athlete of, of some sort. And he came running by us, and I swear to you, 
like my hand to God, it didn't look like his feet were hitting the ground. Like he was so graceful in his movements and he wasn't running on a track. Like he was running down uh, a hill just outside of campus. And it, it was like, I remembered I like, I was staring at him. Like his strides look like they were, they looked like they were six and a half feet long. It looked like he was bouncing from point A to point B over and over again. Point A, point B, point A, point B. And it's just like he was, it looked like he was bouncing. It was incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I remember we just stared at each other like, whole, not me and the runner, me and Carrie. We just looked at each other like, oh my God, did you see that? Dude, I can't imagine what it's like being fast. I wish I knew. Uh, but Chris Jones said five championships for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Rich, I know you're listening, buddy. I appreciate your support. Tyreek Hill says they're going for seven. I point out Rich because he's a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. He's been celebrating since since February. It's going to be a fun weekend, man. We mentioned the Kings and the Bucks uh, tomorrow morning. We will have a post-game coverage for you uh, of that game over on the Sacramento Kings podcast on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. The WNBA season gets underway tomorrow as well. Each WNBA player will have Brianna Taylor's name on their jersey. Uh, they'll have their name as well, uh, but below it will be Brianna Taylor's name. Again, that is on every single jersey in the WNBA. There's a lot of big names uh, missing as part of the part of the start of the season because of existing medical issues and, and COVID concerns. Tina Charles is going to miss her debut uh, with the Washington Mystics. Mike Tebow has tried for years. Uh, to get Tina Charles onto his roster. He was finally able to do it, but COVID had other plans, so she's going to have to make her debut with the Washington Mystics next year. Elena Deladon, uh, the MVP of the Washington Mystics, the MVP of the league, uh, she's going to miss this year as well. I still think the reigning defending champions are still loaded. I think Washington is good enough to compete. I, in fact, I know Washington is good enough to compete. I think they're going to be one of the final two or three teams left into this conversation. Uh, Liz Cambage, uh, Kelsey Plum, members of the Las Vegas Aces, uh, they're going to miss out. That's going to be a lot of pressure on Asia Wilson, who's just getting out of a walking boot. Las Vegas was one of the most exciting teams to watch with Asia, Kelsey Plum, and Liz Cambage. But with two of those three out, it's going to be a difficult route for them. But this is a chance for Asia Wilson to score a whole bunch of points. A couple of other teams to watch, as I really hope that you'll uh, give the WNBA a chance here this weekend. Chicago and Connecticut, both really good teams. Diana Taurasi is in the bubble. She's going to be playing along with Brittany Griner and Skylar Diggins. They're all on Phoenix. That team is loaded. Brianna Stewart is back. She's healthy. Sue Bird is healthy. Uh, she's old, but she's healthy. So she, Seattle should be a lot of fun uh, to watch as well. But old point guards can go, man. Don't get it twisted. Tisha Pinachero led the league in assists at 35. Now Sue Bird is a little bit older than 35, uh, but she's going to be able to go here with Brianna Stewart. So this could be a really interesting year for Seattle. There's going to be some really, really good teams in the WNBA uh, this coming season, man. Let's wrap up. It's been a fun week. There's one other note that we should point out here. Mike Tyson apparently is going to fight. So that's not the weirdest part of this. Mike Tyson is going to fight Roy Jones Jr. Okay, that's weird. I don't like it. I don't, I don't want Mike Tyson to fight. We have all really enjoyed watching Mike Tyson work out and watch Mike Tyson beat up a heavy bag and maybe watch Mike Tyson uh, punch some mitts and all of that stuff. I'm good with that. And he looks very dangerous and scary. I wouldn't hold mitts for him. Uh, I wouldn't want to work out with him. I certainly wouldn't want to fight him. None of that means I actually want to see him box. 
But somehow, someway, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. are going to fight in, in some sort of exhibition. That actually isn't the weirdest part. The weirdest part is Nate Robinson is going to fight somebody. Nate Robinson, the former slam dunk champion of the world. He, he's going to fight some YouTube person named Jake Paul. I've got to admit, I'm not up on my YouTube people. I am not familiar with who are YouTube stars. I don't know if Jake Paul is one of those guys who plays video games or if he opens up children's toys. I don't know who Jake Paul is, but apparently he's got beef with Nate Robinson, and now they're going to fight on the so-called undercard of the Mike Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. fight. And that's just how I'm going to end the show. Because that story's real. And we're going to get out on that note. Uh, Angels and Athletics tonight. Uh, Kings and Bucks tomorrow. We'll have coverage of all of that for you as sports are back in full force. Sure hope you enjoy watching them this weekend. If you go out, put those masks on. Uh, be safe. And we will see you here next week on the podcast with Damian Barling. Thank you.